Tonight you became the youngest player in UEFA Champions League history to score a first half hat-trick. How are you feeling right now? I feel very good. Anything else? Uh, you asked how I feel, I asked. I answered. What's the secret? 17 goals now this season in nine games. To work hard. We're kicking off MTW's debut season. Oh my god! I love this game! <laughs> this season, it's football, football, and football as we hear how this sport has changed the lives of our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, Meeting the World Podcast Season 1 Football. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Malachi Felishan and I am your podcast host. Just like the other weeks, um, I've been hosting this since November and probably until December. Maybe beyond that, I'll find a new person who's better than me. I don't know. But today we have Franco Santiago. Um, he is one of my friends from school. He has been my teammate in CSA since the fourth grade, I think. And he's a, he's a very journeyed person in terms of going to youth football clubs in the Philippines. He's been to, I think, based on the pre-interview, that's one, two, three, four, five teams. He's played for five teams. So it's been really good for him, really fun for him. Um, Miko, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, dude. Yeah, you came on the show and then you told me, hey, I, was, I, was, I asked you, hey, why do you want to come? And then you said, oh, I just want to help you, man. So yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. I always appreciate the help. Today I had guacamole and some oh my some burritos. Like, are we doing this, dude? It was so good. It was so good. I had steak a while ago. Where you had steak? It was like medium rare, the red, the red one. No, it was it was golden brown. Is that a thing? That's like it was golden brown, brown, brown. Golden brown. Yeah, and brown. My dad made it, so it was pretty yummy. Yeah, if it, if if the dad makes it, it's definitely yummy. Dude, that's gay. Don't say that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so yeah, the the day started out really well for me. I mean, I watched the sauna, which was really boring, because all of the officials are like of one million one million years old, I guess. Yeah, dude, you're probably the only person I know who watches the sauna. Okay. I dude, is it my fault that I want to know what they're talking about on Twitter? That's that's the only reason I watch the sauna. <laughs> no, it's different if you know about it than versus you're just hearing about the talk about mm, it. True, true. Yeah, see exactly. Let's just start off with your with one of the pinnacle teams that you played for. Um tell me about the Rifa football team. What was it like? Oh, well uh, I started I got the uh, no, the message uh you got it. And told me that we were in the car jumping, and I was actually at Resorts World. <laughs> I was taking a bath. I just got out, 
then my dad went to me saying, oh, Miko, you got a message from the coach of CSA. I was like, okay, well, what was it about? I thought it was like, you know, as you said, I thought it was invitation for Philippine team and tryouts and all that. But when I got there, it was full of Makati people, you know, like Sina, Lucindo, Manu, then some Kaya people. I was like, okay, what's going on here? Then I went to the pitch. Of course, I had to work, uh, warm up. You know, showing dominance, showing that I'm not afraid. You know, bro, yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I hate you. And then, uh, playing, when I played there for, because we got there, we didn't really. Yeah, goals. when we got there, we only got there. We just like grouped into the group on the stairs. Yeah, we um, grouped. <laughs> we were on the stairs. Why, why oh were we on the God. stairs? Dude, that I don't was know. Embarrassing. We were like, we were blocking the way into the field. Yeah, dude. Then was the audience were on their left. Thus, we just kept on looking at them, just kept on talking to them. We were like yeah. surrounded by all of the good, uh, all of the good clubs and stuff. Just was that like our way of getting noticed? I don't know who sat there. I think it was Kevin. Yeah, Kevin and Marco. <laughs> but then I remember I I I was hearing like talking. For, I was hearing the Ateneo players talk, and then they were like saying, "Oh, it's like it's like career mode." It's like Alex Hunter. And then that <laughs> yeah, was the vibe dude. I was getting. <laughs> that was the vibe <laughs> I was getting. Oh, that's true though. It's like this could like set you on the set you set the path for you in football. Here at least. But honestly, that's what it felt like. That new people already set in the, on the path of football. Okay. Yeah, they have a good system. They have a good system. Yeah. Tapos, when we got there, we didn't really do drills, right? We just played yeah. 11 aside. Uh, I guess it was three of us, you, me, Marco, we played first. Then I didn't really do well. Marco, I don't know. He does all the time. You play defense, of course you did well. And then Kevin got subbed on. Oh, Nicolo was also there, right? Nicolo Luigi Raymond. I think like Nicolo kind of ruined it for me because I was I was doing bad. I was doing bad from like so first match. I kind of got into the first team probably because of my like uh, they recognized me and stuff. Um, kind of face value kind of things. And then as as it like progressed, um, I think the occasion just got to me. Um, I was getting a little bit nervous and things like that. I wasn't confident. Bottom line, I wasn't confident. And then in the final game, Nicolo, you know, Nicolo's fast. Like objectively, he's fast. He's fast. So yeah. he kept on running. He kept on running past me. And then since the turf, since the turf was so slippery, I kept on slipping and sliding. Yeah, it was so slippery. I don't even know why yeah, so we trained there. It was like so hard for us CSA people because we rarely play against Claret. Then, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't have the same problems. Like they weren't talking about it. They probably practiced there. They had some turf shoes. I remember. And oh yeah, yeah, Lucindo did. I remember. Then I remember there was this one time. I think we were all on the sidelines because we just played, and that was second half for the people who didn't get to play the starting. And then there's this guy from Keys beside us. Do you remember this? Then we were talking about the teams and all of the old teams we went against. I was like, the Keys is so bad. And then he looked at us. <laughs> and then Kevin kept on laughing. Dude, I was so, I was so shy. I don't even know that guy. 
Oh. Dude, how can you say Keys is so bad? I don't think we've ever won against them. No, we did. I don't think. We did? Uh, it's probably like about less than five times though. Because Keys is good. Right now in Rifa, they don't play that much. I haven't heard much from them. Yeah, I, I don't think they really got into like the 11 aside thing. But oh well. Uh, keys is Keys. Keys is good. Yeah, Keys is good. So, so you got into the team. Um, unlike me, Kevin, Nicolo, Luigi. No, Luigi wasn't there. Unlike me, Kevin, and Nicolo. Mm. Uh, and Raymond. But, yeah, you got into the team with Marco. What was that like? Was it like really, really cool? Yeah, dude, it was so cool. That was, that was probably the first time I realized like, oh my god, I can actually play well. I could actually play football. I could make this my thing. But then, when I started comparing myself to them, which you should never do, you should never compare yourself. What I did, then I started feeling like, okay, these guys are better. I, I probably have no chance in the team. I like playing, having playtime for the PFF tournaments. And I did have playtime. <laughs> but there was this one match where they asked me to play, a coach asked me to play, but I didn't get to respond because we weren't friends in Facebook. <laughs> you weren't friends on that's why you didn't respond yeah because he was in my message request and i was like i don't you should check my message request yeah it's so hidden on messenger but that's why he didn't respond yeah that's why he didn't respond that's why i didn't get to play then marco played i think the first match i didn't play the first match because i think i had uh ankle no not ankle a uh, heel injury where there's like a bruise remember um during during the trainings i would usually after like 30 minutes i would ice my ankle because the medic there was kind enough to help me and he, kn he knows my name now and we're friends so yeah i was really delighted and it really opened my eyes and i felt really bad for you guys too because I, I actually believed you guys could could have made it. Uh, sad. Unfortunately, um, there are a lot of external conditions. Yeah, and plus, and plus, um, there were some really good people in defense, and I, because I couldn't get past them, and well, it doesn't mean they're. I don't know. I, I'm not bragging with anything, but you know, I could usually know. I know when pe people are good, and the center backs, they're tall. Uh, the people from Ateneo. This is one guy from Atene, I forgot. But he's good. Not Gab. Um, Basta that tall guy yeah, from Atene. Mm -hmm. That dude. Um, Morgan's friend, Basta. He was good. Salud. Salud. Yeah, salud, salud. He was salud. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gom, man. Oh, he's gone? So, That's why. Yeah, dude. He moved to Gom. No, like, that was before. Yeah, I don't think, like, you were, you did, you said you didn't really get, like, playtime and stuff. But, you also said it yourself. You don't really like starting and stuff. Yeah, I don't really like starting because I like watching the uh, opponents play, so I know what to do. Yeah, you're really one of those like you're really one of those power power subs type of players. Um, not really. I guess I'm just there when, uh, when we're demoralized. I just lift the morale up and then you know get going again. Yeah, because I don't think you're on like the bench. There was like this short period in MSA. Which we'll get into later, but um, quick thing like there was like this period in MSA where 
you were you were on the bench but it wasn't because you sucked in fact i thought that you could have you could have been on the first 11 it's just that the coach was a bit blind but that that's what i thought and then whenever you came on you you were always that you were always that like really high morale booster for the team so i think yeah you're one of those power subs was this coach Kleng or the japanese coach uh <laughs> coach kim coach kim coach kim He's blind, okay. Every all of the parents were <laughs> like, when I got in, I almost made assist. Yeah. Then Coach Kling, Coach Kim, <laughs> Coach Kling, uh, he didn't really like me, but you know, he taught me a lot. So, yeah, dude. Yeah, Coach Kling was actually like one of the coaches that really helped me develop, and then he's also like, he's one of those. He was he's one of those coaches that don't just improve you technically, but they also improve you. Personality-wise, yeah, 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 yeah. So even though I was still like quiet and stuff, um, I learned to like work with an organization, work with a team of people, so that we could achieve like something as high as the undefeated season that we had with MSA in the U13 age group. Mm-hmm. The the only the only game I played that he liked was like he really kept me on there was I was on a bench actually. Then I went in the finals against Kaya. Apparently, I played well there. Then. Unfortunately, it was the last game, so he didn't really get to play me. Yeah, I was unlucky. But yeah, it was a it was a good season. So going back to Rifa, actually not Rifa. I just wanna I wanna get into another topic. Uh, you were invited to the national team tryouts along with me, Miko, I, me, Marco, and Kevin. <laughs> but you did not come. I did and not. Marco told yes. me. Marco told me that it was because you thought that you had too much on your plate. Why didn't you come? Dude, <laughs> I mean, five in the morning, I go all the way to West Cotabato or whatever, right? I live in Manda. You think I'm gonna do that? But if it was closer, I would have, I would have joined immediately. But- I don't think you're like the kind of person to say, "Oh, it's too much on my plate," because you like too much on your plate. Yeah, yeah, of course, I like a challenge. Yeah, next time. Uh, U17, U17, U17 national team is coming yeah, up. I might try that. But I'm kind of like focusing on the on club level now. Well, yeah, club level can get you somewhere. It, it can, definitely. Yeah, because they said, they said um, national team's kind of biased. And, you know, the playtime's kind of unjust. So it's pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty fishy. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that in any national team national team selection there will always be a bias. It's you can really only get away from bias if um, a robot picks it out for you. I think they really look at the player and the technical skills, and also the history goes a long way. Yeah, the bias. Uh, no, being being biased is okay, is not good, right? But the way they're doing it is, I mean, they're picking good people. They're play, They're picking quality players. So I'm not really. Um, I'm not really asking for a chance because I know they're going to play better than me. And that's yeah. good. Correct, correct, correct. And knowing that you guys got, um, get, you guys got cut off in phase two and you guys are better than me, so I don't think I'll get anywhere. But yeah, I'll try. Yeah, next time. Next, next, the next opportunity. Um, but yeah, we've kind of like put ourselves on like this high mountain. Now let's shoot ourselves down. Let's get into our how we started football. Let's get on into how we started football. For me, it was like a head coach coming into coming into my preschool classroom, 
in preparatory and saying, hey, you want to join my football program? It's it's open. And then, um, chubby little me said, okay, yeah, sure. Gang, gang. Let's get it. So, what was that? Was, was, what was that moment for you that said, okay, football is fun. This is going to be the sport where I'm going to I'm gonna revolve my round around it and stuff. Well, a lot of you guys don't know this, but well, kind of this. My fr- my first sport was swimming, right? And uh-huh. my mom said, and a lot of my teammates in that sport said I was pretty good at it. Well, I was like what two years old? No, not two years old. I'm so dumb. I was like five years old. Yeah, playing uh, swimming, right? And then I got bored. Because we didn't really have enough. We didn't race. We just went underwater a lot. And I'm apparently good at that. And I tried football. Oh, Coach Mario, he gave me a flyer. It was like, okay, this sounds interesting. So my mom, I didn't have cleats. I had shoes. Running shoes. Rubber shoes. Yeah, rubber shoes. We all had. We all did. Yeah. And then I joined. Apparently, luckily, I was good enough to join the varsity team. And every time you would stretch for module, coach is like, okay, Miko, Malakai, then the other people come with me. You train here, this is what you call varsity. I was like, okay, I don't know what that <laughs> means, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. So so I started I remember we trained we trained with the higher group level and I was I guess they were just making fun of me. Or the coach was like Making fun of me. Cause... I remember getting bullied. I remember getting bullied. Yeah, but look, look where you are now, dude. Yeah. I guess you're making. Fun I, of me. I think. Yeah, the the approach for CSA, in terms of like starting kids out, is I don't I don't really agree with it. It's more of like you have to, you have to get into you have to form like this this love for football first before you can start getting technical with it. For the technical skills that gets in, you start at like 11 years old. But when you're like, what, 8, 9, 10? You really have to like form the love of the player for the sport first before you start getting technical. Yeah. Because uh, in the higher, higher age group, I remember we used to play with the girls. <laughs> remember? And we would suck mostly. But I don't know. We were just, we were just being pop and sin or some stuff. And then, I guess when we started getting to competitive matches, I started feeling the adrenaline, and like I started to realize that okay, I might make this my sport. I might make this my passion. And yeah, again, the love for football started growing ever since. So you started more on like a competitive, competitive mindset, and that's always good, especially when you're trying to shoot for like. Shoot for the stars, as they say. And then, why why do you love it so much? Is it the friends? Is it the, you? You definitely said competitive, the competitive spirit. But did you also get satisfaction? And do you also like get into friends? Like get more friends, establish better connections. Yeah, no, actually, everything you said, like all of the things that you just mentioned, that's why I love football. You know, friends, uh, being competitive. The love of the sport, you know, the feeling you get when you score a goal, the adrenaline you get, mm-hmm. and then the the all the sad stuff like losing a game, you know, um, uh, missing a shot. It really 
it really makes the fun in football. So yeah, dude. Yeah, I really, I really. I don't know, man. Football is just. It went to me. I didn't go to it. It went to me. You know what I'm saying? That's agreed, not, man. Agreed. That's not even the rest phrase. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah, um, it's the it's like the natural natural cycle. You have you have you need to develop the love, and then you need to develop technical, and then you kind of get into the other other stuff that makes you that make you that can make you pro, in that sense. So. With your love for football as a toddler, uh, let's say eight, nine, ten, um, you started getting into little football clubs, little football teams. I can't really say club because I think club should be held at like a higher standard. But um, you started to get into little football teams, little initiatives started by our parents. Um, got little, got some coaches. Uh, started this team that lasted about six months, eight months. So that's Pachanga and Corinthians. Corinthians and Pachanga for you. Um, tell me about that experience. It was the first time I slept over with my team in Baguio. And it was the 0403 team with Sinadi, 3 Josh. It was really fun. You know, uh, even though we didn't sleep that early, we still won games. And You played in Baguio? Yeah, we played in Baguio. Was it like wet? Yeah, it's, it was wet. That's why it was super muddy. And every time we got home, we had to take a bath, but not together that's weird yeah and at the end of the day and like at the end of the tournament we said to ourselves uh it doesn't really matter the the results don't really matter it's what the experience the experience you got from the uh, no, the tournament it was a really, really it was like if it's uh what i told myself if it's gonna be like this if i if if i I'll continue football and it's gonna be like this like you know uh sleeping overnight then playing games uh for uh, foreign games like cookie cup and that stuff you know i might i might do this for a living but we never because philippines don't really give a lot of money to pro players depends on what age though yeah i i don't really i can't really like i don't really have like a good grasp on the numbers but what what you said like um in the in the philippines like you actually you know here i remember i remember hearing about this thing where philippine philippine players can't actually play in the english premier league because you have to be like in the top 100 nations to secure a work permit to play in england so that's that that kind of sucks I think Neil is an exception because he's been at, he's been in England for a while, so I think he's oh, more of like a dual citizen. So I think the dual citizen citizenship kind of comes into play when you're when you're talking when you're getting into these things. But going back, it's it's all about like the first few stages of your football life is all about manifesting manifesting the love for the sport first, because when you manifest the love, it's like you start to burn that you start to make that desire burn yeah yeah like, and then that will push you to get into it will that will push you to start working on your technical skills which we'll get into now so you start with so you started out with corinthians you start and then you move to pachanga with csa um a very csa composed club and then you move to msa in the u13 age group how did you start out with msa 
Because I remember, for me, um, I remember pulling up to pulling up to Manila Polo Club. And then, it was just about 70 players. Not even exaggerating. Um, 70 players in this drill. And then, they were just passing the ball around. It was like a football festival. Uh, really fun. You could really tell that MSA was a really high-level youth football club. So, that was fun. Uh, what, what, what I did was... I went in there and then I was like, okay, let me, uh, I, I talked to coach and he helped me, uh, do, do the things that I need to so that I could get in the game. Um, at first I joined the, the age group lower than me. Cause apparently on that day we weren't enough to make the age group I was supposed to be in. And I was with that guy, the, excuse my words, the ginger guy, you remember him? Christian, Christian. Oh, the the kind of um, very very arrogant guy. Let's just say yeah, that, that guy, that guy. And I scored a banner, and then the coach was like, "How old are you?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm thirteen. I think I was thirteen at the time." And then I was like, oh, "Okay." And then I went back, and then the next day for training, uh, you guys were there. And then I remember walking down the pitch, I saw the higher age group. And then it was also CSA players. It was like Sina Ontario, Sina Marius. And then uh when I got into the pitch for um for U thirteen, I was shocked because it was a mixture. It was CSA, LaSalle, what, ISM, BSM. And that was the first time that was the first time I played with other schools because Corinthians, Pachangas, technically mostly CSA and then some other uh, school, right? And then... Yeah, you're, you're actually like that kind of bridge between CSA, LaSalle, ISM, and then BSM. You're actually that kind of bridge that just went to each and every, like, every group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember making one of the ISM people mad and then the ISM people were laughing too. It was Max. I kept on pushing him over. And he got mad at me. And then Cine Randy kept on laughing. And then Lasalian. So I first got in contact with them because of Kino. And then Azzy, then Bill came along. Then BSM. Oh, same with ISM. BSM, same with ISM. Because they're technically the same thing. And then. Pretty much. I mean, international schools. Ah, <laughs> wait. Okay. So. MSA was. As I said earlier, <laughs> MSA, as I said earlier, was um, a club that really brought you to the next level in terms of skill and in terms of making you a better player all around, um, better person, better player, in order to make this um, very machine-like type of thing. I think that was nurtured further with high-level competitions like I would say YFL is a high-level competition. Yeah. The Cup is not exactly a high-level competition. Um, based on the people that I've talked to, but it's a competition that reaches far and wide into all the four into the four corners of the Philippine archipelago, and then you've even got Cookie Cup, which is based in Thailand. So you actually went interna- international for the for the <laughs> competition. Yeah, I guess you can say so, that. Yeah. Let's talk about YFL first because I mean, I was I was part of YFL, so I could really like. Um, I could really give my inputs into this, but this is a competition. 
It was UFL first. You joined UFL. Then I yeah, joined in. The U11. I joined UFL also. But then the next season, I went YFL. And we were undefeated that season. Remember? Yeah, it was a solid season. We conceded no goals at all. First season. We conceded no goals. There was there was there was one game where I gave away a penalty. Oh really? Which I in my opinion should not have been awarded. Even though I tackled from behind, I still got the ball. Um But YFL is that is that competition where teams, as in all the teams, prepare for Yeah. At least for the U13 age group. And as you grow older, it kind of like disintegrates the commitment to the league. But in the U13 age group, that's where I experienced like the most preparation for the for the competition. We were preparing four months, five months before the for the actual start of the competition. They were holding they were holding tryouts in early January or mid January. In blue pitch, I remember. Yeah, in blue pitch, um, high quality pitch, and then. Um, they determine the team the ne- the week after, and then we start preparing late January until early April, and then you still continue training as as the season goes on, and then you even have um season two. Yeah, it was technically what we focused on as a team. Then the Penasco wasn't really that much of a big deal, as I heard, but Penasco was also fun, and Cookie Cup. I I was like super young at that time, so I didn't know what was going on. But I just saw going international with friends. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I missed out. I missed out. But Cookie Cup was kind of like a a very, very kind of dangerous thing at that time because that was when there were like ISIS bombings and all that stuff. Um, yeah, the, the that was the Marawi year, the one where um some terrorist group laid siege on Marawi. Marawi. But months before that, there was also. They also bombed. Um, there was like that bombing in 2016. Oh yeah, yeah 2016 yeah, was like a year where there were a lot of bombings and stuff. Was that the no the pre for Paris? Yeah, stuff? yeah, the Paris one. Oh dude, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. It's one of those tragic years. I had no idea what was going on, but I just said yes because I got to had a, I got to sleep over with the Lasallian boys. Yeah, they were weird. You were you were kind of that know. age. <laughs> you were. We were that age where um, you were making you were you guys were still finding Bangkok funny because it's Bang and then Kok. That, that, What? That's... <laughs> I still find it funny. <laughs> Why you still find it funny, Bangkok? What do you mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, if you find that funny, you should go to my you should go to my Facebook profile now. There's a there's an open and Epin video there. No, I think for me it's not funny. I'm wow, kidding. Wow! 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 Wow. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. So yeah, MSF really provided that good environment for you and me and all the players in the club because it helped us become better as players. You can really see that in even the older players, Marius, um, Hunt- the Hunterial brothers, uh, Luis Salvador, especially Shiva. Shiva, wa- Shiva is like one of the the benchmark for a lot of us. Shiva and Morgan were probably the big guys on that age group, because they were more. Oh no, Shiva was on that talking side. Then Morgan, he was an old guy. Um, he played uh center back, and he was like a tall guy, so didn't no one could get past him at that age group. And then he was also good at free kicks. 
And then when Morgan left, I think I took a spot for center back. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, I remember. And then Shiva. Shiva was on like the attacking side and uh Shiva's a beast, dude. He was remember that one time in know in Interbatch? Yeah. When you set oh, yeah, the versus in eight. the Interbatch in the grade seven versus grade eight, Shiva Shiva clutched it last, Shiva last scored. minute from the half line. Yeah, Shiva and Poom. Shiva and Poom. Yeah. Poom set him Shiva up. and Poom were the big guys. Shiva Shiva slammed it into the into the top of the goal. It was like more of a lob. The keeper thought it wasn't going in, so he was already raising his arms and then the, the ball went inside the net. So that was a really cool experience. I mean, Shiva is one of those players where you can't really describe how successful is he is because he's still on that rising path. It's still it's still skyrocketing. Um for a lot of players our age, I think it's just a, a steady slope, but Shiva is literally going vertical. He went up. Yeah, he went up. He went to a pro club in Spain. He tried out there and he was apparently chosen. Yeah. Uh, I talked to the guy um, for for the podcast and then he said, yeah, sure. And then I was, we were, con- we were doing the pre-interview. Um, we were, yeah, we were do- I did the interview with him just like I did with you. And then we were talking about, oh, hey, um, how have you been? How's your, how's your football exploits in Spain? And then he said, oh, um, I moved to Fleetwood actually in uh, a year after, months after. I'm not sure. But basta. Where's Fleetwood? Fleetwood is a, is a League 2 team in in the English English football pyramid. Really? Yeah. I want to be there. I don't play for Chelsea. But it wasn't really the pro team yet. It was just the academy. But even then, um, he was getting handsomely paid. Handsomely paid. He was the first guy in the team to get pro. Yeah, even before right? Ziggy. Ziggy A. Uh, Z- Ziggy's making bank. He wouldn't even tell me how much he's making. Uh, Apparently, it's part of the contract. contract. Yeah, but now he's at Hetafe. Um, that's a that I think that's a second division Spanish club, but they've been to the top leagues. So so good on the guy. Good on the guy, man. Guys moving. Guys moving places. He's gonna be up there. I swear. When I see him on TV, like dude, I train with that guy. You know. Yeah, man. <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to play with him on FIFA. Like I'm I can't wait to use his like character on FIFA. And he's probably gonna have a potential rating of like 94. I'm gonna sign him every time. Yeah, more like. <laughs> Let's see, dude. If one of our teammates gets in FIFA, and then his his first rating would probably be like 69 or something. Let's see. Okay, and then now there's now there's CSA. So we talked about your your previous three clubs. Um, you started out with Corinthians. Actually, you started out with CSA module, which was which was a shaky foundation, I sh- I should say. Um, you started out with CSA module, and then you got into you got into Corinth you got into Corinthians, which gave you that like sturdy sturdy mindset. Um, play rough, but don't 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 foul. And then there's there's MS there's Pachanga, which gave you like that little introduction to technical football and then MSA really intensified that so we talked about your past four clubs now let's talk about let's talk about the one club that I've been consistent in yeah the, the one club that you've been so consistent in um we've been dedicating ourselves to for so long and that is CSA's football CSA's football varsity team which even during the pandemic is still going to push through the varsity program of CSA is still gonna push through based on the Based on the announcements, yeah, for some reason, I, I don't know how. Probably through Zoom, 
but I don't know. Yeah. Some people might join. The O5s are apparently going to be great. So now it's Jade. I actually expected. I was I was predicting Kyo to like take your spot. Um, skillful striker. Uh no, more of like what you bring to the team. He was, he could like compensate for that. Um, <laughs> uh, very very technically sound. When when there's no pressure, when there's no pressure, and then he can also make those good free kicks. It's just that when there is pressure, that's when he starts to crack. That's when he starts to like not not do well. Yeah, another thing that's one of the things I'm good at, like. Apparently, when there's pressure, even in the outside world, when there's pressure, I keep my calm. You know, I don't really listen to those stuff, especially in football. When like when someone's pressing me, um, I just usually take time and shield the ball and like think of all my stuff. Like if I pass to that, it would be good. But what I usually do is turn and dribble, and then I lose the ball. Yeah, man. So um, looking back on your uh. Looking back on your time in the Rifa team, um, how you got in, uh, looking back on basically my whole playing experience with you, it was you. A lot of your playing style hinges on your confidence. Um, without without your confidence, um, you you could be like seventy five percent of the player you are. Because the con the confidence really like makes you be able to do those skillful skillful turns that you do, that really sets you apart from the crowd. And all those other things, all those other things. So, CSA has been that team that you've consistently been a part of. Um, you became the captain, and you've made a lot of friends here. This is where you really got a lot of friends from, from football. So, how has how has it shaped your personality, CSA? Oh well, knowing CSA, you know we weren't that much of a good team, because again, you know. Uh, some people were missing some aspects which we really needed, but CSA has taught me that win or lose, dude, uh, you still have to stay with your family. CSA, they were my second family, you know, and even though we kept on losing, I never gave up on CSA. They taught me that they were my roots, and one thing I learned was you don't leave your roots, you know. And dude, I'm so philosophical right now. Yeah, dude, but. Yeah, I can I can see your point. I mean, the the school team really gave us that mindset where even if we're losing seven zero eight zero six zero, and these aren't exaggerations. We were we were at that point. There was like a yeah, we were at that point where we kept on we kept on losing kept on getting and getting thrashed by other teams. So, CSA really gave us that like mentality that even if we're even if we're facing the roughest of tides, there. You still have to keep pushing through. You still have to, even if you feel like your lungs are going to explode, you have to keep pushing through, because yeah, that's what I keep on saying. Like, if if you could hear me, like every time they score and we end up losing by like what, uh, three nil, and it's gonna, it's like what, seventieth minute. If you could hear me, I want people to enjoy what they're doing, and you know, I want to let them know that CSA doesn't stop. Uh, they, they, we don't stop fighting until the last minute. And that's why they keep on shouting on the, towards the team. So that's why maybe I'm a bit of a morale boost, yeah. as you guys say. It does not. It does not stop. It does not stop. Um, the parents are actually a really big part of that. Um, they kept on cheering even when we were <laughs> when we were getting trashed around, thrown around. 
Um, they they were going to our games. I think they're actually one of the most supportive people in the league. And it's good that they're not toxic, like uh, the Salzobel. You know what I'm going <laughs> to mute that out. But <laughs> no, keep that in. <laughs> when I fought with the parent, oh, dude, I want to throw the bottle. Okay. But mute, mute that out because. No, you know I'm, I'm going to like mute the first three words of it and then I'm going to keep the last word. Just for like a little recognition. I mean, I mean, Zubel could be anything, right? Zubel, what airport? I don't know. But CSA has been like that little thing that that big thing that has shaped your personality. But it's also been that thing for me, at least, where it has helped me develop thicker skin. Um, I'm able to pay less attention to insults, pay less attention to people teasing me, and all those things, because CSA is like. I remember, I recall, I was getting bullied at first, but then um, I kind of like pushed through it because I was able to develop thicker skin. Yeah, I mean, you won the most improved award, too, and you're still improving until this day. You're like s- still rising, and I'm, I'm just up at two. Nah, you're still you're still rising too, but yeah, has how has CSA really like made your personality? Sort of, yeah. How is he a major personality? How? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, they taught me how to lose. They taught me how to uh, accept defeat. That's one. And you know, um, they taught me how to play the game as it is. If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. I'm, I know you're gang gang. Okay. <laughs> you're so funny. <you're> so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and all of the support that the parents are giving, they really boost us, you know. And to be honest, I kind of wish I didn't leave CSA. The only thing I like about CSA is the team itself, the football team. Because they were actually family and every, you know, after training, we, we would talk, we would make jokes. And if there's a birthday, if it's someone's birthday, we would do that. Uh, celebration of ours. I mean, where we hit them. At least your school now has like an exceptionally good program, but that was like the only trade-off, I think. Yeah, but Loki. You would you would have stayed. You probably would have stayed if. I would have stayed if, if conditions were different. You if, probably would have stayed. No, Loki. If, no, not the conditions. If uh, meet this out. If the batch wasn't so toxic, I would have stayed. Oh, okay. Oh well. <laughs> well, you know, things change. Things change. You never know if I'm gonna be back there in grade 12. Probably not. No, probably not, no, no. Let's see. I mean, geographically, uh, you're nearer to your new school now. So. Yeah, 10 minutes away. 10 minutes I could away. Bike. So lucky. I could you're so lucky. <laughs> I could wake up at 8. And that's okay, supposed to be. This. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna cut this part out. So. To the viewers, um, we're still recording, um, recording, recording. But if you if you guys are new to the new to the stream, um, I I I know that this is kind of weird. I mean, we're we're doing the live stream is just basically me talking, and then the other person isn't here, isn't here with us, like in this stream. Oh really? Yeah. So they can hear me. They, you, they can't hear you. Oh, has that stopped you from like saying weird weird stuff? 
I mean, can I curse? Um, you can curse if it's like necessary to make your point. But to the viewers, I mean, um, if you want to see like the the whole conversation, go to Spotify, go to Spotify. Um, meeting the world underscore underscore, and then, uh, actually no, go to Spotify. Meet meeting the world, and then you'll see the full podcast there. This Saturday, six o'clock p.m. Be there. For updates, you can go to meeting the world underscore underscore, which is the Instagram handle, and then for Facebook, MTW. Go like that page. Going back to the, going back to the thing, Brody. Um, so yeah, CSA was like, where where did we where did we where did we get off? Uh, CSA was that thing, I guess. And then we were saying a bunch of stuff about the batch and all that. Let's let's bring this podcast to a close. We're into our like last fifteen minutes. Um, just to bring this podcast home, what lessons has football taught you? Because for me, it's been like passion, hard work, all these typical things. I mean, everything, everything that I am today probably came from football. You know, being calm and collected, um, knowing what to do during pressure. You know, not just in football terms, but also in real life, and uh, making right decisions and knowing what's best for you and actually knowing what's best not just for you and for the knowing what's best for the people around you um and probably to accept defeat because that's apparently what most of people are um most of the people are missing right now no just accept defeat just say sorry and then fuck off okay <laughs> <laughs> um i think being outgoing has been another thing that you learn from football it it probably first started out with uh okay um hey join the join the varsity team because I mean module and then varsity I'm sorry for the background noise something just fell but yeah the you kind of like just ease your way into it and I think that's how a lot of people are supposed to be it's just that they have the insecurities about them that are holding them back the shyness all that stuff so I think for you that was less the insecurities I mean. So I think yeah. being outgoing has been another. I was lucky enough to be accepted, because most of people, uh, this is what I see. If you're not good, you don't have a. This is what I see. Uh, if you're not good, you don't have a. You don't really get the chance to talk, you know. Uh, and that's a bit immature for me. Uh, no, it's not a bit. It's really immature. Um, I believe everyone gets the right to talk. Dude, I'm such an American. All hail America. Democracy. But, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, for me, football has been... For me, football has been that thing where it really taught me volumes. And it, it really taught me volumes about pushing... <laughs> that was so cringe. <laughs> Dude, why is it cringe? Come on, let's be sentimental. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay, okay. But, um, football has taught me volumes about... Be about pushing through, about pushing through, um, about through all the hardships and stuff, and even when like things get tough, even when your body is aching after coming home from practice, uh, you can really you can really understand this. You you live in Mandaluyong, the north. Makati is in the Very south. Far. Um, that's about uh not even an exaggeration. You can expect to stay two hours in traffic. Dude, yes, dude. Passing through Edsa. Yeah, that isn't just oh football. 
Um, you probably got them probably six thirty every day, yeah. and then with football, it's like three, right? Or three twenty-five. Then I would go home four, and then I'd be home like what six, and that's basically the end of football training. That's without football. Which and then that's without football. And then in football, football is like eight. It's like eight. I have no time to. Well, actually, I have time to do my homework, but I tell my teacher I go home at nine. Whatever, I still do my homework. <laughs> Yeah, you just have to say, "Oh, I live in Mandaluyong," and then the teacher like understand. Oh, okay, yeah, etcha, like, etcha. Ah, okay. <laughs> but the, there are some teachers out there who think they're smart. They're like, "But there's just one etcha," and they don't realize they're talking about etcha at 6 p.m. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they know. They a lot of the teachers commute in our school. Yeah, Sir Tamandong, I love him, but he's. <clears throat> <laughs> Okay, so what's the end goal, man, for you? Like, what's what's the what's the main thing that you wanna like use for football? Do you wanna go pro? Um, are you gonna like deviate away from football? I don't really see myself going pro. You know, um, I have I really wanna. If you don't know this, I wanna be an architect one day. You know, making houses, and I guess that's where my attention is. At. Uh, where my attention has been at the moment, you know, drawing and sketching houses is one of the things I do here in quarantine. And you know, I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be fancy. I just I want to be happy. That's the end goal. Just want to be happy with my life. You know, um, with my friends, with a pet dog. That's with a wife, maybe. You know, you know her. <clears throat> I I won't I won't say the name. <laughs> So yeah, um, I don't really focus on money. It's what the genuine, humane stuff that I really like. Yeah, I think I think that I could really expect that from a person like you. I mean, you've you've always been that person that you're you're kind of like Lau. You're you're like Lau. Um. Ah uh, yeah yeah, Lau's technically my half brother. Yeah, you you guys. Yeah, people started calling me Lau too, and people started calling Lau. Miko too. <laughs> there's, there's nothing that holds you guys back from like socializing and connecting and all these stuff. You just... Yeah, and when when there's nothing to talk about, we just say random stuff and we just laugh at it. Saying hi is easy, but then when you go up to the person and then you say, "Oh, hey, have you heard about my socks? You know, my socks really smell smell really smell like this." Uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. gonna say something random like that. You're gonna say something random like that, and then that I think that's what like makes you special, you and Lau. It's that like social capability to oh, to really like oh, stop the crowd. Oh, it could be special. Gang, gang. Dude, <laughs> you're getting canceled. Anyways, yeah. Me and Lau are technically the same. I'm pretty sure he's me, but from another dimension. Yeah, from the Chinese. Okay, nothing. Um, oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the end goal for you is just to be happy. I think that's the that's the goal that everyone seems to. I think for you, uh, all I can say is that that's the goal for a lot of people, but it kind of gets clouded on the way with all these like um, well, new opportunities. Um, if you get into this opportunity, you're a goat. If you get into this school, you're a goat. If you have this phone, you're a goat. I think that's where it gets clouded with materialism. True, and materialism and uh. Your body, your face. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, that's why I haven't been on social media. 
When you get away from the toxicity and stuff. Yes, and a little bit of insecurities from here and there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we all have our insecurities. Yeah. So, I don't really think I'll go back to Insta. But let's see. Yeah. Okay, so, why do you want to be happy? Like, explain that. Cause... Why? Yeah. Who doesn't want to be happy? What are you talking <laughs> Who doesn't want to be happy, guy? Yeah. I mean... I could see um, the end goal for other people being rich, being famous, and that's fine, I guess, if you want to be that, I'll support you, as long as you don't hurt anybody. <laughs> but for me, I guess it's quite different. Call me weird, but, you know, that's what I really want. I want to be happy. I want to live a good life, problem-free, stress-free, and I don't want all the attention. Mm-hmm. Probably live in the woods. Yeah. Just kidding. I I would move to like the province if it was like if I if I got if I acquainted myself with all the surroundings. But yeah. Yeah, no. Probably Canada, dude. Canada. Apparently, they're super Apparently, like that that's like the internet identity for them. But Australia also has like a high quality of living. Just ask what yeah. Yeah. The the government really supports their supports their citizens and all the people there yeah. basically. I, I really wanted America, but then I just realized um some of the kids there are more spoiled than the kids. Well, not to say I'm I'm not spoiled. I am spoiled sometimes. Yeah, I think I think the world standard is shifting from the US to more European countries, Nordic countries especially especially uh Norway, Sweden, all the all these things. All of the lands, you know, uh, Ireland, Greenland, Iceland. England. They're nice. Yeah. Not England. England is. is are they? Ink. Are they? Are they cool or something? Okay. Um. Uh, I mean, they're... yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Brian wants to go there. Yeah. So. Wherever, wherever Brian goes, you'll go. Oh well. No, 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 no. That's weird. That's some same. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So that that's about it for the podcast. Um. You you can keep you can stay on the call, if you want. But that's about it for the podcast. Meeting the world listeners. Um, do you guys know? Do you guys know a Jerry? Do you guys know a Jerry? Do you guys know a Kevin? Do you guys know a Stuart? Do you guys know a Julia? Do you guys know a Jonathan? Jacinta, a Jonathan? A Jonathan uh, uh, Roberto. Chad. Dude, tell them about the podcast. Tell them about the podcast. Tell your toaster, your dog, your your mom. And that's um, especially if you, you want to get into football and stuff. And if you're adopted, just tell your friends. It's fine. Yeah. Um, we're making a series. <laughs> we're making a football series. And it's called Ale Ale Ale. We are? Yeah, this is a football series. This is lasting until December. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm gonna get, this is amazing. I'm going to get more guests on. Ideally, maybe I could even get um uh, Bob Guerrero. I don't know. Well, yeah, let's go. Six months. Um, we're gonna end the first month with Roddick Batan. You guys, um, stay tuned for that. But for for this podcast, that's about it. And I'll see you when I do. If I see you in real life, fine. Oh, hi, hello, bye bye. <laughs>